The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. So suck a punk cop, move like a king when I roll hops. You try to flex, bang, another nigga drop. You gotta deal with this, cause in the way out, why? Cash money ain't never gonna play out. I got nothing to lose, much to gain in my brain. I got a capitalist migraine, I gotta get paid tonight. You motherfucking right, stick in my grip, check my bitch, keep my game tight. So many hoes on my jock, think I'm a movie star. 19, I got a $50,000 car. Go to school, I ain't going for it. Kiss my ass, bust the cap on the Moet. Cause I don't wanna hear that crap. I'd rather be a new jack hustler. Hustler. Yo, man, you know what I'm saying? You got it going on, my man. I like how it's going down. You got the flat cloth, the girls, the jewels. Look at that ring right there. I know it's real. It's got to be real. Man, you the flyest nigga I've seen in my life. Yo, man, I just want to roll with you, man. How can I be damned? What's up? You say you want to be down east. Back. A motherfucker get beat down out my face. Fool, I'm the illest, bulletproof. I die harder than Bruce Willis. Got my crew in effect. I bought them new Jags. So much cash, gotta keep it in hefty bags. All I think about is keys and G's. Imagine that, me working at Mickey D's. That's a joke, cause I'm never gonna be broke. When I die, I'll be bullets and gun smoke. You don't like my lifestyle, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm rolling with the new Jack crew. And I'm a hustler. H-U-S-T-L-E-R, hustler. New Jack, New Jack, New Jack, hustler. New 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 Jack, hustler. New Jack, New Jack, New Jack, hustler. New 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 Jack, New Jack, hustler. New Jack, New Jack, New Jack, hustler. New 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 Jack, New Jack, hustler. Here I come, so you better break north As I stride, my gold chains glide back and forth I care nothing about you, and that's evident All I love is my dope and dead president Sound crazy? Well, it isn't The ends justify the means, that's the system I learned that in school, then I dropped out Hit the street, checked the grip, and now I got clout I had nothing, and I wanted it You had everything, and you flaunted it Turned the needy into the greedy With cocaine, my success came speedy Got me twisted, Janet to a paradox Every dollar I get, another brother drops Maybe that's the plan and I don't understand Goddamn, you got me sinking in quicksand But since I don't know and I ain't never learned I gotta get paid, I got money to earn With my posse out on the ass Bump my sound, crack a 40 and laugh Cool out and 
Watch my new bins clean Is this a nightmare of the American dream? So think twice if you're coming down my block You want a journey through hell where well, shit gets hot Pregnant teens, children scream Life is weighed on the skills of a triple beam You don't come here much and you better not wrong move Bang! Ambulance cop I gotta get more money than you got So what if some motherfucker gets shot? That's how the game is played Another brother slain the wound is deep But they giving us a band-aid My education's low But I got long going reads Like a pit bull My heart pumps nitro Sleep on silk Lie like a politician My ooze is my best friend Cold as a mortician Lock me up to genocidal catastrophe There'll be another one after me A hustle Different. It made the hairs on my arm stand on end. Because right. that is uh, a tune from, let's just say, Johnny's heyday. Okay. If we all have one in our twenties or thirties, oh, whatever. Yeah. It gave me just un- unbelievably brutal flashbacks to the mid to late eighties. Oh sure, because when, when we watched the video, it is just you oh, got yeah. young Mike Tyson in there. Yep, yep, yep. I think, but I'm not sure. And, and an angry, angry ass Ice T. Angry Ice T. Who was born angry and. Yep. I think continues to be angry, but <laughs> a little bit more subtle than and, and the as old a, days. And as a you know? Mets fan, I'm pretty sure the guy wearing the Mets gear was Bobby Bonilla, but I'm not really? positive. Oh, <laughs> it man. just looks an awful lot like him. Wow. But uh, anyway, folks, that was, A, obviously a massive departure from what we would normally play on this show. Indeed. And there's a reason for that. Of so, course there is. There's always a reason. Always a reason. And yes. that will become readily apparent soon enough. Very good. But that tune was, uh, as Mike mentioned, from Ice-T. Circa 1991, the name of the song is Hustler, and it was the title track on the soundtrack of the movie New Jack City. Yep, yep. And basically, within the lyrics of the song is the entire plot of New Jack City, more or less. Right, right. And it's um, not a glorifying gangster tale like many people would dismiss it as out of hand. Yeah, well, that's a problem with a lot of their songs is nobody like listened to the lyrics. Right. You know, I'm a lyric fanatic so in listening to yes, it I can hear the story being told but yeah and he bemoans the fact that look he's doing what he's got to do and he knows he's harming his own people yeah and as they show in a video at the end you know the kid is just enraptured watching the TV of yeah. this this lifestyle and the exploits whereas the parents are right behind him yelling at the TV yeah you know this is wrong and you know wonder why everything's the way it is yeah well scenario wise it kind of reminds me of the whole uh, Gordon Gecko thing Yes. When he's like, greed is good. Uh-huh. And so many people like embrace that. Like, yeah. And like Oliver Stone, I think, was. It was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 that's not the message. It's, it's And people completely miss it. It goes right As by them. People often do. Yeah. I don't know. Funny like that, isn't it? So, yeah. So I'll just, um, not giving away the family store, but I'll say that that one of three 
classic hip hop gems We're for this episode. We are going we out. Are. We're doing a little something different. Yeah. And again, it's funny because before I was a uh, aficionado, if you will, of classic rock. Indeed. That's probably patting myself more on the back <laughs> than I deserve. But yeah, before that happened, I, I was a hip hop guy. Yeah, I'm getting a little eye into Johnny's closet on this one. I'm getting, it's kind of curious. It's going way back, it's, and that door has been shut a long time. Indeed. But uh, yeah, back when it was good. Now, now I just sound like every other boomer out there. But there was a time when hip-hop was the most entertaining oh, I remember game out when it there. Blew out. It, you know? it, when it blew up, it consumed everything. Everything. Yep. you know. And, and again, in the late 80s, I was living in, for all intents and purposes, Inglewood, the hood. Mm-hmm. I was in the campus of the University of Southern California. And, you know, kind of had a, a... Have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? A, a perfect seat as an you know, observer of mm-hmm. this culture and what was going on. And there were so many things like Boys in the Hood right, and right. whatnot that were coming out. And it was like, I've seen this. You know, I'm familiar with this. I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily a part of it, but just like, like I said, it's like I got a front row seat yeah. to, to the, the, the show, if you will. It's life imitating art at that yeah, point. Yeah, as crazy as it seems. And yeah, so many people miss the message that so many of these guys, these these, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, gangster rappers, hip hoppers, mm-hmm. whatever, were trying to tell people. Right. You know, this is, no, this is a bad idea. Yeah. You know, and so, so many people were completely missing the boat. Yeah, and if I, if I had my druthers, I probably would have went with uh, any shit, any track by Public Enemy, because yeah. there's another group I have just nothing but respect for. Yeah. Um, and now you can look at their lyrics, and it's like, my God, it, it's like prophetic. Yeah. Back then it was, oh, watch out for the scary black men. Yeah, really. They're just malcontents, but you know what? They were telling stories about the hood before anybody else was. Yeah. And, Message. You know, the people that were listening maybe were too close to the action to be able to draw that that correlation. Right. But uh, yeah, you listen to that stuff now, and it's like, wow. I, I guess yeah, we should give it a little more credit than we did. Yeah, probably. I mean, there was there was artistry at work there. You know, Definitely. The, 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 the the front line. I mean, it always seems to be the same progression where the guys that that kick open the door, um, don't get paid, right. you know, first and foremost, mm-hmm. and don't get credit, but they, they inspire a bunch of people afterwards that do a watered-down version of what they were doing, and they're the ones who make the money, and it's, right. it's bizarre the way that constantly happens, regardless of the genre mm-hmm. of music that we're talking about. True. You know, it's just a repeating loop, I guess. Yep. But uh, yeah, the, undoubtedly hip-hop, gangster rap, whatever the hell you want to call it, same progression. Yep. Or as our our enlightened conversation I was able to have with Michael tonight, (laughs) differentiating between, you know, the initial phase of hip hop and then a brief period of New Jack Swing, which led into, you know, gangster rap after that. And then just very educational. A a watering down of the whole genre. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know how much of shit you actually know or remember until you got to tell somebody else. Yeah, really. It's funny like that. But, you know, before we start with the main topic tonight, I do want to throw out a disclaimer there because this is the age we live in. Please don't assume that we're not zeroing in on a specific racial group as we're talking about the lead topic, and this has nothing to do with our tie-in to the gems that we've chosen. Um, It's just a random sampling told by people that were there, okay? And the facts that we'll mention uh, to support our respective arguments in the first segment are direct from the government, not that we trust them, but yeah, directly from the government, so... Don't blame us. Blame your elected officials. And there you go. That being said, the main topic tonight is something that's uh, been concerning me, and as, as well as it concerns Michael, it should concern everybody, and it is the rise in crime in this country. Yeah. There's some screwy shit going on. 
very screwy. And uh, I tend to think I'm probably going to exceed my uh, quota of F-bombs tonight. Uh-oh. Just because of what we're talking about. So you but play one gangster rap song for you. And you know, and off we go. <laughs> off we fucking go. One. Hey. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're not going to uh, paint with that broad of a brush because, you know, crime across the board with the exception of murders, basically, but yeah. even that's debatable, yeah. it is not up. And there's, there's so many different ways to look at it. And the yeah. problem with a with an hour format for our show is that you got to be usually as precise as possible. Yeah. And not to put the cart before the horse, but you know, in the case of uh, you know what has already happened happened long ago with this particular music, people completely missing the message. The the cautionary tale is what we're focusing on, and the fact that so many of these things said. You know, look out for this. Don't go down this road. And, you know, the topic that we're talking about, you know, dovetails very significantly into that, you know, youth crime. Right. You know, it, it, it's so easy to miss the message. Yeah, and thank you for mentioning that because I totally missed it. <laughs> and I maybe will remember it at the end, but probably not. Well, but, yes, know. you know, every one of the gems we're going to play tonight, in, in a nutshell, has a message. It's... Uh, a cautionary tale, there if you go. will, yeah. because the the facet of crime that we're going to zero in on tonight is crime amongst young people. And we're yeah. not going to say underage because some of the shits, you know, over twenty one. Indeed, but basically twenty four and below across the board, crime statistics are on the rise. Yeah, to scary levels. And so much of fact that I took a page out of Mike's book <laughs> and I did some research because I'm a genius. He beat me to death with statistics in a pre-show. And it's a, it well, like, it's a scary book. I was I, talking, talking <laughs> about like a reversal of, uh, of the normal way of things here. Right. And so like, let me just leave with some, some basic 30,000 feet facts, okay? So let's say, and I, and I called this information from the uh, Department of Justice, in particular, their Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention website. Right. Okay? And they have a beautiful chart. You can go right on there yourself and look at it, folks. But... Out of, let's say, roughly, and they've got it broken down by every type of crime, but out of 7,600,000 crimes reported this year, yep. 592,000 are committed by those 18 to 20, and an additional 900,000 are from those individuals 21 to 24. That's the age bracket that we're looking at. And you know, before I, I throw it over to Mike to give his, his spin on this, the impetus for this topic and this episode was the recently leaked Twitter feed or TikTok or whatever they put it on, Reddit maybe, yeah. of the, uh, the Wawa convenience store in Philadelphia. Yep. Even though we've seen this so many times, this one rang true to me because I love me some Wawa. And there's uh, this little <laughs> Rubenesque young lady asking the person behind the counter who's doing the filming, are, are you going to make my sandwich or are you going to film all day? Now, he's filming... A smash mob, because if that isn't a phrase, it is now. I just did it. Yeah. Not a flash mob, a smash mob, smash mob yeah. of, of youths disguised, wearing black hoodies, sunglasses, ransacking this Wawa, okay? And she says to him, are you going to make my sandwich? Are you going to film this all night? And the guy's only response was, hold on, this is going to take a minute. Yeah. Because that's all you can do is sit back. And I applaud him even for filming it. My ass probably would have ran in the back room yeah, <laughs> or maybe been on the phone with the cops. Yeah. But this is what's going on. This is the new norm. And I'm sure you have feelings on it. You know, I do. And, you know, when you brought this up, my you know, natural reaction, the same thing I do with everything, is I went digging for statistics to back this up. 
And the disturbing thing that I got out of the just voluminous amount of quote-unquote data involved in these kinds of things is... It's a miracle. Neither one of you turned out to be a piece of shit criminal. I don't even know who to believe anymore. Right. You know, I, it seems like everybody's got an agenda, you know, whether it's, it's the news media, whether it's... Well, I'll give you an example. I was looking at stats from something called the Sentencing Project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they seem to be shading. And I was like, okay, maybe I should find out what exactly or who exactly the sentencing, sentencing project is. Turns out it's the ACLU. Lies. Oh, lies! And they're working... And they're on, always honest. Of course. <laughs> and they're working on something that's called decarceration. Oh, boy. And I'm sorry, you know, that's like yanking a term right out of your ass. Yeah. I'm sorry, you know, but that's just... That's part and parcel to undercutting my belief and my faith in your integrity. I'm sorry, but it just is. And sure enough, their mission in life is addressing racial disparities and the criminal justice system in the criminal justice system, mm-hmm. which just screams to me, agenda. Yeah. Agenda. Yeah. You know, and then I started looking at, uh, at some, some statistics from uh, federal databases, and the number of disclaimers yeah. was stunning. It was just flat out stunning. And truth be told, again, in the interest of fairness, even the stuff that I called from this quote-unquote government website... Yeah. It's been proven in recent times, you know, all these different departments in the government, they're bought and sold by whatever administration is in office. So you can't believe that either. And, you know, you try and gauge your perception of things by what you're seeing in the news media, and you want to talk about a body that has an agenda, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's the same bullshit with them that's always been where they talk about how, oh, we're just giving the people what they want. This is what everybody's clicking on. They're clicking on it because you're scaring the shit out of everybody. Right. And if that's all you give them, that's all they're going to click click on. on. Yeah. So don't give me that bullshit, you know, about this is what the people want. And and, and your accuracy, obviously, is, is just beyond questionable. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that's the unmooring thing. That's the most disturbing thing to me about all of this is I don't know who to believe anymore. Yeah. And the you thing know? that I found surprising uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jane and Joe Doe at home <laughs> was that uh, you know, truth be told, one of the things I admire about my co-host here is that whether he likes it or not, he's normally a glass half full kind of guy. Try to be. And once we discuss like, hey, I'm thinking of doing a show like this, what do you think? It's like, well, okay, let's let's give it a shot. And then he came back, and the, the, the look on his poor face after he did his research, <laughs> when he was unable to really peg down some honest-to-goodness answers, was, was sad. Yeah, it's like, eh. Now, as near as I can tell from, again, the voluminous amount of data, the, mm. the way overwhelming, way too much amount of data on this is we're in a very strange place where apparently murders and rapes statistically are mm-hmm. down, right. but... Violent crime in certain certain areas like robbery, larceny, are way way up. Right. It's a, it's a very strange. Place and on the to site be. I went to, conspicuous by its absence, there was a listing for rapes, but it was X's across the board. They had no data for that. <laughs> like that one crime in particular, nothing on it. And I'm thinking to myself that that in and of itself is odd. But yeah, yeah, it's like overall. You know, murders are down, but maybe that just means medical science is better and the EMTs are responding quicker. Perhaps. Because shootings are sure as shit up higher than they ever have well, been. Well, this, this is a classic example. According to uh, something I read on Axios, uh, homicides and rapes are down in major cities in 2022 during the first six months of 22, mm-hmm. 2022. But overall violent crime increased by 4% in the first six months compared to 2021. Now, 
you know, any idiot knows that everything is relative to everything else, but you know, the footnote on this was compared to 2019 totals, those same cities have seen a 50% increase in, in homicides and a 36% increase in aggravated assaults. Right. And, you know, you try and break down what, you know, what is an aggravated assault. Yeah, and in many cases, you can't have one without the other. Yeah, and, and what in the hell is larceny? You know, amongst other things, it's the most common form of quote-unquote youth crime. Right, well, it's, it's theft, yeah, and is, that's one which is different than think. robbery because yeah. robbery is like a confrontational theft, right? Whereas larceny, it's one sided. Here are the goods, no one's looking, I take them. Yeah, it's not like you're taking it from another physical person. Yeah, and you know, funny you should mention that because you know, the, 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 the crimes and whatnot that I had in my head as, as I was formulating a plan for this episode, yeah, was really based around all of these things that we've seen in the news, yeah. Uh, for lack of a better phrase, the uh, phenomenon of the smash and grab right. in large groups, the smash mobs. Holy semantics, Batman. And when I tried to isolate those numbers, you know, looking at all of uh, the robberies and the larcenies uh, in that $7.6 million crime thing and then devolving it down to that age bracket we've been looking at, yeah. out of the robberies, half of them are by people 24 and younger. Yikes. And out of the larcenies and thefts, one third of all those are by people 24 and younger. Yeah. So my bone to pick and the impetus for this episode is it's like more than ever before, young people are committing these crimes because there is no fear of repercussions. That's entirely possible. And like I said to you before we even started this episode, and I'll say it to the good folks at home, I am not approaching this from a political standpoint because the narrative out there simply says, well, these are blue-run cities and their <laughs> DAs, you know, soft on crime. Let me tell you something, folks. Pretty much every major city in this country is democratic, okay? And there are successful cities. They're not all, sorry, Baltimore. They're not all <laughs> L.A. They're not all Chicago, okay? Seattle. Don't forget Seattle. Seattle, Atlanta. right? Let's bring up Atlanta. Let's bring up Atlanta. Bring up any major city. Yeah. Like 90% of them, okay, are Democrat-run. And there's a, a billion different reasons for that, but that's probably how it's always going to be with little interims aside, right, okay? Right. So it's not because they're Democratic-run. And look, this whole wave of, of quote-unquote DAs that are soft on crime, yeah. honestly, folks, it's not as bad as Fox well, is making it out. It's called bullshit <laughs> on bullshit. Nobody's right. soft on crime. It's the evolution of the prisons being overcrowded, so yeah. they're trying to put the worst of the worst away, and naturally, when you do that, there are going to be other ones that get out. Yeah. And the old political trick of taking a released felon who has now committed another crime and making it front page news has been going on since, who's that, Willie Horton? Yeah, Dukakis. Right. 88. So it's yeah. not a, a new trick. They're doing not the same old shit. Epridge Farm remembers. And again, I don't agree with it. I don't think any piece of shit criminal should be back on the street. Hell, if I had my way, they'd be fighting to the death with pay-per-view rights going to the families. <laughs> I make what no mistake about with, that. With Kurt Russell would escape from New York. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that seemed at the time like a crazy scenario that could never be, and more and more yep. it seems like, yeah, I could see that. Right. You know, and maybe in the future we will because that's what we're headed. It would so seem. yeah, so it's not about you know the 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 optics of this whole thing. We're talking about the actual shit that's going on that affects you and me and our daily lives. Well, I don't know about you, but the first time I saw one of these so-called smash mobs, mm -hmm. I was stunned. It was like. Wow. Right? I'm, 
number one, surprise, nobody thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Number two, how in the hell do you defend defend against that? What do you if you're law enforcement, what do you do? You take your chances with the law. Justice is only a roll of the dice. That's why it's a perfect crime. And yeah. these things, don't forget, they rose to prominence during a period where every night you turn on the TV and there was riots. And the you know, let's say rulers, that's a bad word, but, you know, the uh, the mayors and whatnot and the city councils of these, you know, Ferguson, Missouri and, and Seattle, mm-hmm. they actively told their police force to stand down as to avoid a bloodbath, okay? Because right. you can't just shoot the people down in the street. No. And it got so bad that not only were they burning out these neighborhoods, but they were taking over police stations <laughs> and, like, shooing the police out after they've been told, you know, do not resist, just leave. We don't want a bloodbath on our hands. Yeah, this bad is the optics. Yeah. Bad optics. The evolution of bad optics is now the lunatics running the asylum. And how, this is the, the crux of, of, our, of our argument, how do you walk that back now? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's again, a curiosity of the, how close is the perception to the reality? You know, and, and maybe does the perception make the reality? If, if it's bad, if you think it's bad, if you're perceiving it's bad, does that automatically yeah. make it bad? It's like that thing they show on the weather. The real temp is, you know what, asshole? <laughs> if it feels like 97, it's 97. Fucking 97. I don't care if it's Jesus. 80, but the, with the dew yeah, point up my ass. real feel. <laughs> right. right, real feel. Yeah. You know, if it feels like it, it is. It is. Yeah. So if I got to be afraid to go into Philly and tap the ATM on my way to get a cheesesteak, there's a fucking reason for that. Which is a damn there's shame. There's my first one. Damn shame, <laughs> because there's nothing like a good cheesesteak in Philly. Yes. You know? And we use Philly as, as, as an example, but you know what? For a city that, that's always gotten kind of a bad rap, sometimes deserve it, sometimes not, you know, they haven't had to deal with the Chicago-like level of crime and shootings, but guess what? Hmm. That chicken's come home to roost, too. So it now, close to Rittenhouse Square and the touristy areas and, and the seaport and whatnot, now that shit's going on. So yeah. it, it's time to put the shit back in the horse, and I mean that <laughs> most literally. Oh, oh, and look, if, if another regime takes over... And let's say, oh, I don't know, let's say Republicans mm. start taking over and they, they come at a full bore with their tough on crime stance, you're going to have a, a body count that's not going to go over well on the evening news. A very real possibility. And therefore, that's not a solution. But how do you walk this back now? How do you recreate public perception of what is permissible and what isn't? That's, yeah. that's yeah. a tough nut to sell there. Yeah, public perception of whether it's safe. Yeah. Well, it's not safe. And the argument, whereas, you know, if I don't feel it's safe, regardless of the statistics. Is it safe? Look, I tell you, I can't think of Does that make it unsafe? Yeah. And then we've got what's, what's worse is dealing with now escalation. Because mm-hmm. this is where we're at right now, depending on the reasons and, and, and the whys and the whys nots and who it is and who it isn't doing these crimes. If it escalates... It's going to be so much worse. Well, it's it, there's one thing that you can't debate. One thing that's been proven true time and time and time again is desperation breeds these things. Yes. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that since the pandemic began and, you know, the, 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 the economic issues, you know, for lack of a better term, that we've had uh, came to the forefront of people's perception that this kind of shit has suddenly skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh uh, perception of desperation, i.e., got nothing to lose. Right. You know, if I got nothing to lose, smash and grab, sure. Why the fuck not? 
But I come to not smashing and grabbing for milk, eggs, and and, and bread in the stores. That's a, that's a curious you know, question. Where yeah. middle of the road guys like you and I are are having to do with less while making decent money. Yeah, getting sticker shock at the grocery right? store every time you go to fucking stock up on milk. And, and yeah, these kids aren't raiding the local Walmart for you know sustenance, okay? Because they not, got EBT cards for not that. Not glamorous to smash and grab eggs and milk. It just isn't. And the other thing is, I love to know who their fence is. Because if I were to do a smash and grab at an exclusive boutique and grab all these purses or, or Rolexes or whatever, I wouldn't even know where to go to start selling this shit. Neither would I. Which, which, which <laughs> lends, of course, to the question of how would you fence milk? Hans, Bobby, <laughs> well, or milk and eggs. Well, like, well, to your argument and to probably a lot of other people's arguments about quote unquote desperation. Yeah. That to me, when your baby's crying and the only thing that's going to stop it crying is like to give it food, but you can't afford it or don't have it. Oh, there's that's no question. Desperation. There's there's no question at that point what you do. None. Yeah. None. And that's what I'm saying. Like these kids aren't doing what they're doing out of desperation. They're doing it because they know they can get away with it, which is the scariest perhaps, point of all. Perhaps it's it's a tough tough argument for or against. I I like to think that that's not the case, but yeah. again, I really don't know anymore. Well, the sooner people realize that this isn't a case of you know the the. Uh, the artful dodger and a bunch of street urchins harmlessly <laughs> picking pockets, okay? I realize they're, they're hardcore uh. criminals who are armed and seem to operate with impunity. And, and until people come to that realization and have serious talks, like most things about how to resolve it, it's only going to get worse. I just hope people don't know who the artful dodger is. They don't. Uh. Well, some of our audience does. Yeah. I'm My sure. half does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. We're back to square one. Damn. And it's time. It's magic time. This is yeah. One of the middle gem getters out of this because we could talk about this all damn day. Serious. I reach back once again into my misspent youth, Johnny's closet, for another fun, fun track. Uh, a parable, though, if you will. Okay. A little ditty by Mister Slick Rick called "Children's Story," and we're gonna spin that for you now. We'll be right back with some more things and stuff. You kids get to bed, I get the storybook. Y'all tucked in? Here we go. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash Robbing old folks and making the dash They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another Stick and another up. and Stick a sister up. and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DT undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic He said, keep still boy, no need for static Punched him in his belly and he gave him a slap But little did he know the little boy was strapped The kid pulled out a gun, he said, why'd you hit me? The barrel set straight for the cop's kidney. The cop got scared, the kidney starts to figure. I'll do years if I pull this trigger. So he cold dashed and ran around a block. Cop radios into another lady cop. He ran by a tree, there he saw the sister. 
Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked round good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway stations. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore he killed Sorry. him. Then he made his move to an abandoned building. Ran up the stairs up to the top floor. Opened up a door there. Guess who he saw? Who? Dave the dope be shooting dope. Who don't know the meaning of water nor soap? He said, I need bullets. Hurry up, run. The dope fiend brought back a spanking shotgun. He went outside, but there was cops all over. Then he dipped into a car, a stolen Nova. Raced up the block doing 83. Crashed into a tree near university. Escaped alive, though the car was battered. Rat-a-tat-tatted and all the cops got. Ran out of bullets and he still had static Grabbed the pregnant lady and pulled out the automatic Pointed out her head, he said the gun was full of lead He told the cops, back off, for honey here's dead Deep in his heart, he knew he was wrong So he let the lady go and he starts to run on Sirens sounded, he seemed astounded And before long the little boy got surrounded He dropped his gun, so went the glory And this is the way I have to end this story He was only 17 in a madman's dream The cops shot the kid, I still hear him scream This ain't funny, so don't you Dear laugh, huh? just another case about the wrong path. Huh? Straight and arrow or your soul gets cast. Good night. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Yeah, see, all kinds of shock and awe going on tonight. Uh, tell us about it, Johnny. Tell well, I'd say what, first and foremost, yeah. as legend has it, right. many, many moons ago, okay. a young, much more virile Johnny Teflon, who mm. at the time was going by the stage name of um, The Milkman, because would do that song in its entirety as a backup band featuring horns and whatnot, <laughs> would uh, think they were going to play This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, which yeah. is a giant sample of children's story, Okay, um, in front of an audience of hundreds and bring the house down. So yeah. to say I have a colorful past <laughs> is just an understatement. Wow. But more importantly, I chose that tune by Mr. Slick Rick because, again, it's a parable about the, uh, the exotic perceived lifestyle of a criminal that right. ends up going... Awry right, at the right, end, right, yeah. and uh, a colorful cat himself, a British rapper, Slick Rick, one of the initial vanguard of popular rap acts. Yeah, um, that was off of his album, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, okay, uh, which one of my favorite go to albums in, in college, yep. dating myself there, indeed. But uh, he actually did five years for attempted murder on, of all people, his bodyguard, who uh, <laughs> his mother had convinced him to hire. 
and it wasn't long before the guy was like taking photos of them and trying to extort them, you know, for money and whatnot. Oh, shit. And then one day Slick Rick, or as the story goes, came yeah. out and there was like bullet holes in his front door. He made the assumption. And he went after the guy and, and shot him. Unfortunately, he hit a bystander too. Oops. Both individuals lived, but yeah, he got hauled off, did five years in the Who's Gal. And uh, came out a little older, a little wiser, you know, mm. but is still performing um, actively. And uh, it was rated, let's see, well, with that song at least, on the, uh, on the R&B tracks list from Billboard. Yeah. Uh, hit number five and was on the chart for like 19 weeks when it came out. All right. That's like Fleetwood Mac type longevity. <laughs> seriously. But um, yeah, and, he's, and I think it was About.com had mentioned him one of the top 15 or 15 out of 50 Rap lyricist of all time. So the okay. guy's got street cred. So, all right. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of his songs are just uh, funny, and it, it relates to to anybody. You don't have to be from the hood to enjoy this shit. Okay. A lot of funny raps about like first dates and things like that. Oh, anybody who's listened to him knows exactly what I mean. <laughs> uh, definitely not for children. Don't play it at work. But there good stuff. Go. All right. But again, you know, we want that as a uh, as an homage to our initial topic sure, because sure. the subtopic is is somewhat different. Although not less douchey than the first one. Yeah, really. Talking about like uh, Christians to the lions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or you know, kids to the slaughter because, you know, uh, we all watched the NFL game the other night, uh, the Dolphins versus the Bengals, and there's we saw the, the Thursday re- night football. Yeah, you know, right. Brought oh, to yeah. you by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Bloodlust is free Indeed. with Prime, and uh, we watched the uh, the Miami quarterback uh, Tua. I'll see if I can pronounce Tagli- it. Yeah. <laughs> Tagliovalio? Tagliovalio? Something like that. Well, Tua. we just call him Tua. Tua. Just call him Tua. Who's, uh, who's, look, who's a good quarterback, had a, a rough start. I mean, he came in unheralded, got hurt early, or has actually hurt as he was drafted, yep. and has been playing catch-up ever since. So it's important that we note that because that lays the groundwork of this tale. Yep. Because he now is always, if he's facing the incline of his own value, so the previous week, he took a nasty hit. Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? And they did not, for whatever reason, put him in concussion protocol. Right. Which the uh, NFL waves as its crowning achievement, as they say already, uh, well, they said this in week one of this season, yeah. how concussions are down 75%. Inconceivable! Of course, they neglect to say that's only from training camp, a couple preseason games in week one yes. where the uh, the entirety of training camp, they wore those great gazoo padded helmets, mm-hmm. which I've been saying for years they should be wearing in games. Shall we manipulate some statistics, Oh, people? completely, yes. completely. So now this guy's uh, playing the Bengals, takes another hit. Looks like he kind of rebounds his head off, off the turf. You're out! And suffers at that point for all the world to see a grotesque seizure with the the hands, you know, clenching up and and it, it, it kind of put the fear of God into everybody. That was one of the scariest things I've seen since that Lawrence Lawrence Taylor hit on Joe Theismann back right. in the day. Yep. That was just stunning and sickening to watch. Just and it's sickening. an aspect of football that's been there since the invention of the game. 
but we delude ourselves into thinking it's it's behind us and we're not going to see injuries like this anymore right. until we see one. Kind of like NASCAR with crashes, yep. kind of like boxing with, with guys dying right after the match. Well, back in the turn of the century, uh, turn of the 20th century, I should say, when they were just wearing leather flaps for helmets with right. no face mask, it was not unusual for one or two guys to die over the course of the football season. Indeed. So that's what we progressed from. Mm-hmm. But if anybody wants to qualify this in... Asking what was motivating Tua to play, what was motivating the uh, Miami, Miami Dolphins, let him play. Uh, Amazon is currently paying $1 billion a year for the rights to Thursday night football. That's a lot of cheese right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, when you brought this up, one of the things I went looking for was what, what is motivating everybody here. And one of the things that's nice about a capitalist society is you want the answers to anything you just follow the money. Right. Just follow the money. You know, the NFL reportedly generated a record second $11 billion in national revenue last year. That was up from $9.89 billion in 2020. And that's just national revenue, mind you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not, that, that doesn't have anything to do with what they do locally every week and whatnot. And uh, basically that breaks down to $343 million points, or $343.75 million per team. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, kids like Tua, and I will say kids because he's, what, 22, yep. 23? You haven't got a chance. No. You haven't and got I, a chance. And I said to you almost, almost comically, but now I'm thinking maybe they should. You know, during the, the horse and pony show that is the NFL draft, yeah. when these guys come out in their pimp suits and mm-hmm. they show the whole family, oh, we're all rich now, mm, you know. Yeah. And they come out and they shake the commissioner and hug him and everything. Ah, uh, the commission. Right, that piece of shit. Yeah. So they they should show you know to the size of one of those fake charity checks you know, they take the photo ops with. Yep. They should show a disclaimer that they make these kids sign before they sign their contract. Will not hold the NFL liable in the event of my death. Yeah. Or my even incapacitation. Worse I, I become a cripple for life. Right. Right. Yeah. They're released, but something to kind of you know say, look. You just got a ticket to Disney World. Doesn't mean you ain't going to fall off the roller coaster. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. The Pirates of the Caribbean are, <laughs> are out to kill you. Yeah. And literally. The animatronics do come to life. And again, you know, when you threw out the outline earlier this week and we're talking about what motivated everybody involved to put Tua back on the field, um, just to, again, a little bit more perspective, folks. Uh, Roger Goodell's. Uh, reported salary is sixty three point nine million a year. Yep. Uh, two is is seven point five six eight million. Right. Okay. And I mean, on the Roger need, Goodell need thing, need I say more? <laughs> I mean, everyone's like, well, he makes him so much money, and there. Well, yes, and that's the dynamic. The it's you know they coexist because the owners elect or hire or fire the commissioner. Yep. Because the commissioner works for he them. works for them. That's the thing people right. forget is he completely and totally works for the owners. Yep. Now the problem is once you know, again once the once the the, the fox is in the, in the in the hen house, now it's more a case of he's also got dirt on all these owners because he's been in there for quite some time. I'm sure he does. And getting any of them to actually have the balls to try and get rid of him, it's not going to happen because yeah. there's going to be other dissenting votes, and then you're just creating more bad blood. So it's really like. Nobody's in control. Yeah. yeah, it's a marriage of inconvenience, and and people throw their hat in the ring to say, "Well, 
they're not going to get rid of him because he makes him too much money. I get news for you. A robot or a chimp could probably make the NFL as much money as Roger Goodell does. At this point, it looks that way. Because it's kind of running itself. Oh, the, the, the juggernaut. It, is, it's a train uh, that's out of control, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, the passengers, you and I and everybody else who loves the sport of football, is just along for the ride, seeing where this thing careens. Yeah. You know, when is it going to go off the tracks? Because yeah. someday it's going to. Oh, Without a doubt. And, and especially if they keep treating these players like players on a chessboard with no regard, no honest regard to what happens well, to them. Well, that is exactly what they are. That is exactly what they are. Let's not bullshit each other. Right. You know, as, you know, as football fans who are watching this, I mean, I'm sorry, but we're powering this whole thing. You yeah. know, because it's, it's the ad revenue that is the monster here. That's, yep. where, that's where the vast majority of the revenue is coming mm-hmm. from. So we're all participants. And because it is a, a fluid story, we try and stay timely when we can. Yeah. You know, the two big snippets that came out today was that they've, uh, the Dolphins, I suppose, have fired the doctor that cleared him really? after the first hit. Oh, yeah. Which, again, I'm calling bullshit on this. Yeah. Because any player, Boomer Siason had said this on the fan the other day. You can't take the word of the athlete because they want to play. Exactly. And especially, like, this is why I front-loaded the segment with the position that Tua is in as far as his performance. Yeah. He's got to play. Otherwise, he's going to be without a contract. They're going to trade him or cut him or whatever. That's his motivation. It's very simple to see. Like yeah, you said, he's, it's he's a young money. Man. He's right. a young man. He's, he's in that indestructible mindset. Exactly. That we all were in in our early 20s. Yes. And, I mean, you know, as I was watching... What went down with the hit is Amazon was so gracious as to repeat it, what, 17 times? Didn't look like that big a hit. Yeah. Didn't really and take that, that much. And even that has drawn criticism from the players. Like, do you really need to show them yeah, that many seriously? times? You yeah. Know? yeah. But, you know, you're, you're, you're dead on when you talk about that indestructible period. I mean, in my ill-fated MMA career, I was out kicking telephone poles with my shins because <laughs> my Muay Thai teacher said, well, that's how you deaden the nerves and toughen up the, you know, the right. bone and you got to create calluses. Yeah. And I'm throwing elbows at inanimate objects. Welcome to the freak show. Some days it hurts a little now that I'm older and I'm it's sure, probably going to get worse. I'm sure it does. But again, you don't think about stuff like that. And I wasn't even getting paid to do that. It was yeah. just for kicks, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. But, you know... What came out after, you know, the doctor getting fired, which is probably a logical first step, but, you know, have you seen the, the Miami new head coach? Have you listened to this guy? No. Are you familiar with the comedian Nick Kroll? No, you would probably recognize him if you saw him. There's a lot yeah. of sketch comedy and one. He's okay. done a lot of different things. Yeah. Reminds me of him so much. Really? And it's almost like he's charming to audiences because he's almost like a fish out of water being a first-time head coach. Right. Doesn't give you the same pre-canned response as they all do. Right. But the flip side of that coin is he's always like he's almost trying to be funny and glib about things now. Like, oh, really? I, f- I found my niche and this is what I'm known for. Oh, good. To which I say, go fuck yourself because you could have just sent this guy to his death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grow up. You're a head coach of the Miami friggin' Dolphins, who are, by the way, don't forget, already in hot water because of. Um, Oh, what is his name? The, the, oh, Brian Flores. Yes, yeah. coming and saying that he was told to throw games. I don't doubt that for a hot second. Not even a minute. You know, I just, I just don't. Nope. And then the other thing that came out was um, Jalen Ramsey, safety for the Rams. Yes. Never at a loss for words, but nope. he came out, and I say kudos to him because he doesn't give a shit about the repercussions. <laughs> he came out and, and, and said... You know, maybe Goodell should worry less about the socks I wear and, and fining me yep. and worrying more about his, his player's health. Yeah. And that, for me, just put it in the proper perspective because he, he nailed it. Because that's what you see. I mean, we went through it as, as Pats fans sure. with the inflate gate nonsense. Oh, yeah. He, was, he couldn't 
get a bigger heart on to get Brady out of the game oh, yeah. just to assert himself as the alpha male. Oh, Inflategate, Spygate was another one. Yes. But, you know, don't, yeah, it's, it's like kind of like the trick magicians play where they distract you with this yep. hand, whether Bait it's switch. pulling yeah. something with this hand. <laughs> um, you know, the, back in 2010, uh, Goodell stated that the uh, NFL's goal was to pump their yearly league revenue up to $25 billion by 2027. In 2010, when Goodell made this statement, uh, yearly revenues are at about $8 billion. Right now, pretty much everybody with a calculator is predicting that, yes, they will hit $25 billion by 2027. Right. So, you know, Jalen's got a point. Now, because Who that, really gives a shit what yeah. kind of socks he's wearing, you know? Because... <laughs> You know, if you look at twenty five billion, that's that's unfathomable for oh, us. It's, it's you know, monopoly it's like monopoly money, money right? Yeah. So Different let's universe. just say that I'm fairly certain, without pulling up facts and figures, that that twenty five billion is probably more than the GDP of two thirds of the nations in the world. Most likely, <laughs> okay. most likely. So to put it in perspective, they could be their own damn country at this point, the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And yet they could do. This is what kills me. They could do the right thing. They could put forth a concerted effort, not just to take care in a true sense of those retired and, and crippled and, you know, do a better job with the whole pension, yeah. but to provide current safety measures that wouldn't ruin the game, okay, yeah. Yeah. but enhance it and make it a little safer. They have the ability to do that and still make an l- ungodly shit ton of money. Yeah. Because right now, if you're looking at the the big zoo practice helmets, yes, they're they're garish. They're you know it's fabric on foam, so you can't put the logo on it. And yeah. like I always say, that's the greatest marketing tool of the NFL is the helmet. Oh yeah, it's unlike anything else in the world. It puts your logo boom front and center. All mm-hmm. your colors are on there. Yep. So when I saw that they were going to use these kazoo helmets, which again, oddly enough, mimics the exterior armor on Russian tanks that they've been using for years. <laughs> Because it cushions the blow of anything that hits it. Sure, you know, and this is this is where technology comes oh, from, yeah. folks. Yeah, but I mean, big picture, I don't want anybody to think uh, what I, what we're talking about here is is anything but what we're talking about here. I absolutely love the NFL. I yes, love we watching all do. football every Sunday. I love watching college football on Saturdays. Yep. But like, let's all be a little realistic about what we're right. watching. Because here's here's the bottom line, my friend. We enjoy the NFL. We're not looking to watch a snuff film. Yeah. And when something happens like it did the other night, unless you're a subhuman, as an NFL fan, you can't walk away from watching that and, and feel a little dirty. Yeah. Because we're all accomplices to this. Yeah, now, you so. mentioned, you know, the uh, the Joe Theismann leg breaking on Monday Night Football. Yeah. It was a freak accident. Yes, horrific as it was. It wasn't a dirty hit. You yeah. know, a foot planted. One went this way. The other went snap. You know, life goes on. Uh, the same can be said on another Monday night game. Napoleon Kaufman, I think, was the Raiders running back. Yeah. Hits the line. Well, part of his leg did, at least. <laughs> Somebody hit mm. him dead on in the shin, and you yeah. watch this sucker just snap in half. Hey, as a Patriot fan, I'm sure you remember what happened to Daryl Stingley. Yes. Uh, courtesy of Jack Tatum. Yep. You know, it's, it's not like this shit is new. Yeah. It's not. You know, this has been going on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, don't buy into the bullshit that is coming out of people like Roger Goodell. You know, like I said, let's all be realistic about what we're watching here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and it's <laughs> not going to change. Right. Not with the juggernaut that it has become. Yep. And that it's only going to get, on the one side, more profitable mm-hmm. and on the flip side, more dangerous. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why Rob Walton just spent... Four point six five billion 
to purchase the Denver Broncos. Not exactly the most successful franchise Not in the Not the best NFL. color scheme either, I have no, to say. No, kind of funky. <laughs> kind of funky with the whole orange thing, you know? But yeah, it's just, you know, let's not bullshit each other. Right. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and let's be the adults in the room because we can't rely on the players to make the decisions because, look, if somebody was dangling $30 million in front of me, I, I'd sign that paper yesterday. In a New York minute. <laughs> right. In a New York minute. <laughs> so yeah. you're saying you're going to painfully remove all of my fingernails, but I get 25 million. Okay, let me sign. Done. You know. Done. <laughs> Give me the pen. Give me the pen. You know, and uh. just, just as a little, little <laughs> dig towards Major League Baseball because I'm a little pissed off at how the Red Sox did this year. Uh, the ratings for the 2021 NFL season went up 9% overall from the regular, it, during the regular season from the previous year. Right. Unlike baseball, whose ratings are down 6%. Well, we're not down yet because don't forget, Aaron Judge. This is also true. He, he's on a mission to save baseball, <laughs> to which and I will say... Good luck to him. And hey, look, we were going to... This is maybe even a, a conversation for the next episode. Yes. But I, I wish that kid all the luck in the world. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's almost fighting for the soul of baseball right now. At this point, yeah. He really is. So let's see. Once We'll see how high he goes and where that number stands. Because me personally, I am more than willing to forget everything about Mark McGuire, mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa, no matter yep. what color he's, he's dyed himself this week. Yep. Uh, and most certainly, balloon head Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> I can forget all of them and say, this is the home run champion. And despite my bitterness at how the Red Sox season, their 2022 season, uh, worked out, Uh last time I checked, nobody's gotten crippled playing baseball. Bingo. And on that note, it's time for the third gem. Thank God. The the third one in the (laughs) trinity. Of Johnny's Closet. Johnny's Closet. Here we go. And this one is even, even, I mean, shit, kills two birds with one stone. All right. Uh, This is a little ditty by uh, an artist that we lost just this week. Coolio. Yeah. 59 years old, cardiac arrest in the shitter. God bless him. Jesus, seriously. And uh, we wanted to do this. And like I said, you know, we never play hip hop in the show. And that's fine because we're a classic rock station. Yeah, no, we do. That's how it reflects. Yeah. But um, not only did all of these songs tonight shared a, a common message, as does this next one, but in this case, we wanted to honor Coolio because he was a great crossover artist. He was. And managed to get into like film and TV. Well, you hit the nail on the head. He was an artist. Right. You know? and, and, and it cannot always be said. Even, look, even with rock and rollers, we can't always say that. Okay? This is true. But this guy, you know, he put asses on the dance floor. He put people in movie seats. He did it all. Uh, Ball writes uh, a nice guy, a self-made man, which everybody can respect. So we're going to do a little ditty by Coolio from the movie Dangerous Minds. And this, of course, is the title track, uh, Gangster's Paradise. We're going to play that for you. And we'll be right back with a wrap-up of the show and maybe one or two other things. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that Even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk I really hate the trip, but I gotta low as they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool I'm the kind of cheater, little homies wanna be like On my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light Been spending most of living in the paradise Been spending most of living in the 
look at the situation they got me facing I can't live a normal life, I was raised by the state So I gotta be damn with the hood team Too much television watching got me chasing dreams I'm an educated fool with money on my mind Got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye I'm a locked out gangster, set tripping banker And my homies is down so don't arouse my anger Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away I'm living life do or die, what can I say? I'm 23 now but will I live to see 24 the way things is going I don't know Paradise, baby. Tell us about that one, Johnny. Well, like I said before we went into it, that was uh, actually the, the title song from Dangerous Minds, of course, okay. starring Michelle Pfeiffer. Right, right. And that little rage of movies in the early 90s, uh, like The Principal with Jim Belushi, yeah, The yeah. Substitute with Tom Berenger, yeah, all those gritty inner city things. Yeah, because you, know. you say Dangerous Minds to me, the first person I think of is Michelle Pfeiffer. Exactly. Yeah. Me, I'm more of a uh, lean on me with um, very young uh, Morgan Freeman. There we go, yeah. Playing a uh, principal from my home state of New Jersey, Joe Clark. Really? Who was infamous for chaining the students in the building That's so they right. couldn't leave. Yeah, that was based on fact. And the baseball Indeed bat and shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the bullhorn and all nine yards. All right. But uh, anyway, not, not a horrible movie, but no. eh, you know. Yeah. I, I have to also say that I thoroughly enjoy the weird Al take on that song, <laughs> Amish Paradise. <laughs> it's just very, very well done. Gotta love Al. Yeah, but no, all, all kidding aside, you know, Coolio had a lot of great entertaining songs that would, you know, you could just play it on the radio. They would play it at the clubs. He was he was part of the uh, early to mid-90s, and he'll right. be missed. Right. 
But uh, that song, like I said, matches the um, the narrative of the other two that we played. And so much as it's a slippery slope when you're when you're thinking of the uh, life of a criminal is glamorous and yeah. and overly rewarding because it's not. It just yeah. ends badly. Well, I hate to hate to quote uh, such a sage of wisdom as the late Whitey Bulger, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently when Whitey was in prison, he had a, a letter writing thing going back and forth with I think it was a high school in Massachusetts, and in one of his letters he said, "You want to make crime pay? Get a law degree." Got some brand new for today. Yeah. You know, that's Absolutely pretty true. much what it comes down to. And that, that's a good example. I mean, I could say other ones like, you know, John Dillinger, arguably the, the country's next to Jesse James, the most famous bank robber we ever had. They've yep. made umpteen movies about him and the lady in red. Oh, yeah. When in reality, you know, once you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. And his biggest claim to fame when he was dead was that he had an erection that they couldn't kill. Really? So as the mourners or the, the looky-loos were walking past him on half under his sheet, he's, he's posting a tent up, you know, post-mortem. <laughs> and then you got you know, other famous criminals, Al Capone. Man died of syphilis. Insane. In prison. Uh, was it? Was it I think he was in prison when he. Died. I thought he yeah. got out. I could, I could be wrong. Could yeah. be wrong. John again, Gotti. Yeah, like none of these guys had had glamorous endings. That's yeah. if you can even get out. That's the real key. Yeah. There's no retirement plan for criminals that I'm aware of. No. No. So all you kids out there listening, you can think about it, but don't do it. Don't fall for the hype. Buford T. It. Justice there. <laughs> nice. So that is All it right. for this, our 125th episode. Good God. Right? Wow. And we're approaching uh, Columbus Day, so we're going to take off next week, come back yes. all freshened up and whatnot. All right. So everybody out there, have fun. Be careful. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for listening. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we will see you all on the flip side.